Welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. I'm Vanessa Ragland. Hey, Vanessa Ragland. Hi. How are you doing? I'm drinking bubbly water, so I'm a little burpy. She's a little burpy. <laughs> She's belching. <laughs> yep, there it is. Caught on tape for all of humanity. That was a boy. That wasn't me. <laughs> Carl couldn't do that. Of course not. Thank you guys for coming to the show. Uh, we got really fun guests today. Excited these guys Two of them. Two double of them. the power. Double, double, double your refreshment. Oh, yeah. I was going to say you're in trouble. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. bubble. Mm, now that's go. a game. <laughs> ha, it's when games were games. And now you hear where our minds are today. Yeah. Scattered. <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, just a tiny bit of housekeeping. Yeah, we'll get not right much. To it. It's a little house today. It's a little house on the on prairie, prairie. <laughs> of recordings. Uh, if you like the show, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It's very easy. You just go on iTunes and you write how great the show is and you give us five stars. <laughs> that's the easiest thing. It's the easiest, simplest uh, um, way to get this It's so much done. easier than like leaving a bad review yeah. and then making us cry. Yeah, don't. We have enough pain in our lives. That's right. Independent of the podcast. <laughs> Vanessa doesn't have hardwood floors. She has needles. <laughs> it's really tough getting it around. It was great square footage. We, we did what we had to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can also send us an email if you'd like. We read them all and we'll get back to you. That's right. You can email us at info at popmyculturepodcast.com. Yep. Any uh, little thing you want to say, hello, or any guest suggestions you might have, we're always open to those. Any input, whatever. Yep. Just whatever. If you just want to talk to someone. Actually, no, I don't think that's a good door to open. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but also, uh, we have an occasional stray sponsor here yeah. and there. But mostly we're able to do this show because of your awesome donations. you guys are sponsoring us with your love. That's right. Every little bit goes a long way towards our fees that we have to pay for the stuff on the internet and the, all this stuff you don't even think about. Yep. It all adds up. All this <laughs> state-of-the-art equipment. Yeah, if you could see this spaceship we're working on now, you'd know where your dollars are going. <laughs> anyway, any little bit helps. There is a donate button on our website. PopMyCulturePodcast.com. And uh, we will give you a shout out on the air if you what? donate. We, uh, we're actually caught up right now because yeah. we're recording this back to back with another God, one. So we don't have to shout today. Whew. So uh, we'll do our thank yous uh, next episode. <laughs> and there's a belch to send you on your way. Uh, let's get to our guests, shall we? Yeah, let's. All right, here we go. Bye. Our guests today, you know, from things like Learning Town on Geek and Sundry, Wootstock, and Da Vinci's Notebook, as well as tons of great albums. A million albums, albums yeah. Paul and Storm are here. Well, hello, guys. Hey, hello. We're so excited we're to have you. Four albums. It's no, like a million. It's like a million. But there's about 78 tracks per there's CD. There's so many songs. So, it, is, it is a million songs. We're very <laughs> proud of that. Amazingness. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. And since we're all excited and happy, let's start with a real bummer topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's we like bummers. Uh, all right. And do that's it. that. Uh, do it. Lou Reed died. Yeah, he did. R.I.P. Big guy. Yeah. Uh, I was actually really bummed about that. It's one of the loud. I think the loudest concert I ever went to was Lou Reed. And this is during the Ecstasy Tour. So it was like 2001. It wasn't like... Oh, I went like 83. Older, it was like older it Lou was Reed. It was older Lou Reed. And uh-huh. it was the loudest thing I've ever been to. Maybe the volume was because he was older. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> it happened with my it's grandpa. Like, they just like, start to get louder. Yeah, yeah, it's like when I talk to my, my parents on the phone anymore. So maybe he just maybe he thought he was on the phone. Exactly. <laughs> what? I've got to sing the song now. Here we go, San I, Francisco. I can't hear you, San Diego. Loosh, <laughs> Seriously, I cannot. Here you guys. Are you ready to rock? I'm not sure. What was the answer to the question? Maybe we could just hold up some hands. Nope, can't see you. Didn't bring my glasses. Oh. But I, I thought he was amazing. Amazing musician. If he couldn't really sing, but he had really cool ideas. And <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> like, eulogy! Yeah, for like, like all the best singer songwriters. Well, he had I no mean, voice. He really and... couldn't sing, but he was. He pretty... had a sound. He did. He See, that's something I really yeah. admire. When 
a singer, like when you hear someone's voice that's so strange and so easy to like mimic or do a stylist thing, like at what age, the age most people would be very self-conscious, like, oh, I sound really weird when I sing. Like Mm -hmm. something in those people was going, this could work for me. Mm -hmm. Is that good parents? Did I not have that? (laughs) Well, I know that that there are a number of singers like Bob Dylan and others who who weren't necessarily comfortable with their own voices at first uh, and finally were like, you know what? No, this is this is the only way it's going to sound right. And like Lou Reed, I can't say I was ever like a huge fan, um, just because my personal tastes go towards melody and harmony, right? Which you know, not, not so not much in Lou Reed. With those guys. <laughs> They're a little low on the Lou. Yeah, Reed, uh, more, more on the, the music, music for English majors spectrum <laughs> side of things. You know, the David Bowie camp and all that. Well, that's getting more musical. But yeah, certainly in terms of influence, uh, it, it is very sad that yeah. uh, that he's he's no longer around. He was just. He was was willing to try something for an album even if it was not good you know like there's again like not the exactly metal machine music. Happening. <laughs> but i mean he was he didn't give a shit like that's what was yeah. cool about him is he was just like oh i just had this great hit album i really love metal machine music yeah it's gonna feed back for 45 minutes <laughs> that's Fuck pure you. rock and roll that yeah. is pure rock and it was roll pretty cool it's and the then musical equivalent of this bug you i'm not touching you <laughs> He's looking at me. <laughs> and he also did that album with Metallica that came out a couple of years back right. that was just a weird, like, there's a couple songs that kind of work, and then most of it just doesn't. But it was just such a ballsy, weird, like, all right, I'm going to do an album with Metallica now. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I wonder if that, that all happened uh, as a result of the whole Warhol thing, if he got that kind of mindset, or if mm. it, it just happened to be that existed with him within him anyway. And it's like, all right, yeah, let's all, let's all just really mess with people. Right. <laughs> See what happens. People will go for it. Lou Reed, sure. professional asshole. <laughs> <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yes. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of those kinds of like weird mashup albums happening now because Elvis Costello just put one out with the Roots. Like just weird, like hey, let's our musical styles aren't necessarily like copacetic, but let's see what happens. But the kids will love it. Let's go into the studio. <laughs> see what happens. Well, sure. We'll I mean, Aerosmith and uh, and um, and and. The other guys. Run DMC. Run DMC, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, excuse me, I'm 9,900 9, years old, um, and I don't remember things anymore. But yeah, it, it certainly worked out for them, uh, though I don't know if they're necessarily going for commercial success or just for the hoots of it. Right. But either way, the world wins. But wouldn't you love to see those first introductions between them? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so natural. Yeah, just so comfortable, comfortable for everyone. Yeah. I'd like, like they, to imagine they got together in a shakies. <laughs> right. yeah. I brought you a cake. <laughs> I think that they're just cro- like passing in the street, and then one of them's like, hey, "Wait, run DMC? Aerosmith? Hey, what's up? We should totally oh, we should- yes, I've been thinking Let's that for years. Maybe that's how it happened. Like it was in the video, like Steven Tyler just came bursting through a wall, yeah. and it happened that they were there. Like the Kool-Aid oh my god, man. yeah. He said, "Oh yeah, let's oh, do an album." Yeah. <laughs> Love the Kool Aid man. He is the best. He is, right? he is the best. What a jovial drink mascot. Yeah, how could you not? Purchase his product. Oh. He runs through walls. I was so thrilled when he destroyed their shit. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you also notice in the, in the Kool Aid commercials, there's never an adult present. Yeah. No, never. And, and the Kool Aid Man is of questionable age. Right. Like, he's a Kool Aid Man. He's not the Kool Aid Kid. He so should he's really be showing that. All right, so that's, which means he's a sociopath. There's a sketch here. Right? Yeah, there's a video sketch. After. Yeah, when the parents come home, what, what happened? <laughs> no, look, there was a cool guy. They just can't wait. What? A man was in the house. Okay, let me get this straight. You wanted a sugary drink so uh-huh. some guy destroyed the outside wall of my kitchen your yeah. father spent weeks on that drywall look I'm okay that he busted through our wall but if you think I'm going to let you drink that shitty 25 cent sugar water you got another thing coming mister. he splashed all over the carpet it's not like they're drinking the kids equivalent of like a 25 year Macallan they're drinking a thing that comes in a pack that costs like 8 cents yep. and oh, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah This justifies wanton destruction of property? It is. It's like the beginning of Tom I feel like they should just be honest on the commercial and be like, so you're poor. Here's what you can do. (laughs) You won't care if your house is wrecked. That's That's the message. Hey, kids, you home alone because your single mom's at work? (laughs) That's what you should ask her for when she gets home. Here's a beverage you can make. (laughs) For dessert, you can have a Snoopy snow cone. Oh, Oh, wow. I have one of those. More people ice cream. (laughs) Wait, I don't even know what a Snoopy 
because you're privileged. Well, the best. I, had, I had one. <laughs> so, you, you know how, like, when you're at the fair or the 7 Eleven or whatever, and you get a snow cone and it's disappointing because mm-hmm. it's just ice with some yep, crushed ice. watery flavored Water shit? Sugar, yeah. yeah. You can bring that joy to your own home making it yourself. With snow you have to make it yourself? Yeah. Well, yeah. you like, you, it, it's like Snoopy's uh, it's a dog doghouse. Dog and you, you put ice in the top and you turn a crank, which just, that you know, is not a poor runs, it just shaves the ice poorly. Well, there's no motor. You are the spin. motor. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. It's a hand. The rich crank. kids had the automatic no. one. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you can't bank on the electricity being running <laughs> from month to month. So. Especially, especially not when the coolie made his run through your house and cut all yes. the lines. <laughs> That's a snook, snow cone maker for the nouveau riche. Like, you, you can't. <laughs> so you crank this crank for about 15, 20 minutes and it gives you about a quarter cup of <laughs> roughly shaved ice and then you pour you know you they give you the flavors but you always end up pouring like coca-cola over it right? yeah it's basically like cherry basically you just go if you're out of that you just take some cough syrup and <laughs> put it on it i think the affluent one was, i think the affluent one was branded as dunesbury or something <laughs> tank mcnamara's yeah it was great oh. you pull on his chin and the ice comes out <laughs> Oh, that was the best though. I used to mm. love that. But I would, that's the kind of thing now where like if you if you think back to that, you can literally just go on eBay and twenty minutes later have one heading to your home. Mm-hmm. But then it won't feel good when it, you have it. It totally spoils nostalgia. Yeah. You know, if you can just if you can automatically go through that time machine and pick out the parts you want. That said, <coughs> one of the best birthday gifts I've had in recent years was supplied by Paul. I'd always wanted and never had because it would have cut my fingers off or something. The Evil Knievel stunt cycle. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, like with the red you cranking the base. Friend. Yeah, yeah I it's was a him. Good I and, just found one on eBay. And you, I'm, for those listening at home, I'm holding up my hands and I have how many? All the fingers. Most ten of them. fingers. Nine fingers. <laughs> ten, Regular not, ten amount. Fingers. Yes, <laughs> a normal amount. Eleven. <laughs> Give or take. But one is not. <laughs> a very strange edition of the stunt cycle that attaches fingers yeah, to your hand. It's a radioactive stunt cycle. Yeah. Before they knew about the effects of radioactivity. That's right. Oh, gosh. Those it were the days. Weird. It is weird when you go on there and you're like, I wonder if these are rare or how much they're worth. And you type it in and there's yeah. like three-page listings of it. Well, and they vary from like, you know... Four ninety nine to twelve dollars, and you're like, oh, I guess I can get this easily. Or you'll go and there'll be like no listings or one, and it's like one fifty nine eighty, and you're like, yeah. Jesus, fuck you. I don't think we I have a, off. I have a can of Billy beer, which was the beer that was made by Jimmy Carter's brother while he was in the in the White House. <laughs> And uh, just out of curiosity, it had come up over uh, over Twitter. This conversation, I ended up sending someone a picture. Wait, you have that? I, I do. In real life, they're, they're like three bucks on eBay. You can outfit your entire fridge with Billy beer for <laughs> for about the cost of a fancy meal. Nice. Okay. I have bought some weird so much impulse. More like I have, I have a sealed box of Bill and Ted cereal. <laughs> wow! Still mint in box. Mint so in it's box. Totally, still MIB. Yeah. Uh, just because I was like, ah, I kind of want that. All right. So it's just like sitting on display in my house. People are like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But it's just so random that like somebody and I got it like a year or two ago. Somebody held it for like fifteen wow. plus years. An unopened box of Bill and Ted cereal, Yuck. and then sold it to me for like eight dollars. Uh-huh. Like, where was? <laughs> now here's the question: Is it somebody who's a collector who has like a shelf full of this cereal, just waiting for it to appreciate? A case of it, or right. is it a some hoarder, hoarder that died? Yeah. That died, and they <laughs> just got to all the like, shit out. What are they going to do the with this? And holy crap, there's nine hundred <laughs> boxes of Bill and Ted cereal. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mom, what was your problem? Mom had big issues. <laughs> or just somebody who just has not gotten around to cleaning out the pantry in yeah. a long time. Or did oh, you just yes. maybe buy it from Alex Winter? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think in the back of my mind it was, well, if I buy this when Alex comes on the podcast, he'll, uh, he'll sign my box of cereal. <laughs> totally. And then uh, life, will be, <laughs> yeah. life will be complete. Some busy collecting all the celebrity cereals That's right, right. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. It's weird to think of the things that did have cereals, though. Like, there was Urkelos. I was going to say Urkelos. Yeah, that was the golden the... age of celebrity cereals. Yeah, really. Like the <laughs> late 80s, early well, 90s. have a cereal. Yeah, absolutely. Who else had a cereal? Uh, Who didn't? I think Mr. T Mr. had a T. cereal. Yeah, Mr. T had a cereal. Which was famous from uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Didn't right? like the new kids on the block have a cereal? I think at yeah. some point everybody, up until like the mid-late 90s, they put out a cereal for most kid-oriented things. Yeah. I think that the it production that costs anyway. of doing a custom cereal must have hit rock bottom. <laughs> right. Something like I mean, that. Pretty much everybody had it. There's Henry Kissinger's. Yeah, oh, I love those. Safe. They're so dry. Though. So, <laughs> so dry. dry. So, <laughs> it takes a special kind of power. Saved by the Bell Bites. Yeah. Uh, those are fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah, what would be the worst cereal to possibly have after Oliver, Donahue. Oliver Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> Donny, oh my God. They're just white. Yeah. white <laughs> They're like the whitest flakes. <laughs> yeah. Mmm. <laughs> Uh, Manson family breakfast. Pretty <laughs> good. Uh, Shasta McNasty checks. Oh, yeah. nice deep reference. That gets the fist deep cut for a deep cut for an early Fox terrible, <laughs> terrible, uh, terrible show. Terrible show. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cereals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I remember when I was a kid, like I had a like a sugar limit on what I could eat. Like my parents would be like, if it's we got less than like fifteen grams of sugar, wherever it was, I don't remember what it was. Mm. But pretty much everything you wanted was like mm-hmm. one gram above that. It wasn't even like excessive. It wasn't like forty two grams. It was like sixteen or something. So like, God, son of a. It's basically Cheerios or Chex. I believe yep. those were the only two on the menu. Pretty much. Yeah, I was never allowed to have sugar cereals. Yeah. Or like junk food. And I find out about all this fun stuff people used to have. I had all the sugared cereals. Oh, what was your favorite? Oh, it always, I, it sort of went around. There was a while when I was young, the uh, Cookie Crisp, when those first oh, came yeah. out. Yeah. I was oh, all about the Cookie Crisp for a while. But mostly um, Lucky Charms has always been my go-to. Mm. Man. I always go back to the Lucky Charms and the Cap'n Crunch. The Lucky Charms, to this day, I always eat my Lucky Charms by... Eating all of the cereal parts first, just leaving myself a bowl of Dessert. marshmallows, oh, wow. a bowl of diabetes, Sugar and then I yeah. fill my. And then I, I'm, I can't believe I'm admitting this on a podcast, <laughs> much less in public anywhere. Then once I've gotten to that point, I will then proceed to fill my entire mouth with the marshmallows. Like I'll put them all in my <laughs> mouth and then eat them and then drink the uh, fla- the color. Do you milk. put them in your mouth and suck the moisture out and then eat them? Not well, really. Like it's really just, it's mostly. Just, I think it's a text. It's a a, a tactile thing, and it's mm. also bringing back memories of my childhood. Wow, or something. there is weird like ways you'll eat stuff. Because when I was a kid, like Big Lee Chew was the best, but yeah, you yeah, ate it yeah, by yeah, the pouch. Sure. Yeah. You didn't just have mm-hmm. a couple of those. Oh you no, put no, the entire thing. That was designed that you had to eat it all at once, and it's like. Teaching children to like, look, you're not a ball player yet, and you can't have tobacco to chew yet. But here's gum. <laughs> yeah. So you basically have the same sensation when you're old enough. You mm-hmm. can uh, actually, transition. Yep. And they did sell for a while. Like, remember Skull? Those little mm-hmm. like bubble gums and candies Ugh. that were in those. I mean, candy cigarettes. That's kind of cute. I guess there's. I don't know. They still make those candy cigarettes. Oh yeah, they, they still do. do yeah, because like you can puff too. on them once, and sugar will pop out the end, so it looks like there's yeah. smoke or whatever. And then, I, I guess I haven't so, gone so bad as to have like Breaking Bad branded candy. You know, like <laughs> crystal blue. Little crystal blue. Yeah. Crystal blue I'm mints. sure they'll put them at Oz or Spencer's yeah. Gifts or something. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, and bubble tape was a big thing when I was a kid too, yeah. which was yeah. all about like, yeah. I don't know why that was like a big I deal. I love it. Six How? feet of bubbles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just had this conversation recently. Uh, there used to be a candy bar that they don't make in America anymore called the Marathon Bar. I remember that, yeah. In like 70s to the early 80s. And it was sort of this braided shape and it was about a foot long and it was just caramel Covered in chocolate. Yeah, it's like a gigantic chocolate-covered sugar daddy, basically. <laughs> right. But it was soft. Oh, my gosh. And it was... I, God, I used to eat those... Did you make it to the finish line? I'd never even <laughs> make it out of the 7-Eleven. <laughs> start running in circles because you were so hyped up uh, Yeah, sugar. totally, totally. No, I just had to maintain a, a, a base... At that point, I was so full of sugar. It took so much. Just took so much to get me high at that point. (laughs) I remember sneaking into the garage. We had like a deep freeze in there, Mm -hmm. and my mom would keep the little Debbie Debbie snack cakes. Oh yeah, star cakes were the best. Oh, star cakes were Mm -hmm. so good, but those were a little too sugary. She would get the oatmeal cream pies, which I think are probably the same amount of sugar, but they seem healthier because of oatmeal. They're they're lumpy. That can't be that bad for you. I would (laughs) mash it on the. I would keep it in its little pouch and then put it on the deep freeze and mash it with my fist. so flat and long. Oh, that was a great feeling. Then you peel it up and it's this little... That's like you, the, you were an artisanal snacker. That was, sounds like the birth of a fetish. Right there. <laughs> you know, it does translate to some strange things in my life now. What's your little Debbie's safe word? <laughs> Mashing. I like the... What were they? I guess maybe they just call them nut bars, but they're basically like peanut... Nutty bars. bars. Nutty bars. Oh, oh they're yeah. So but good. they would get like... If it was hot at all, they just became... a gooey, disgusting. Well, that was a great mess. one to dismantle. You shake mm. it from side to side and then you get layer of wafer and peanut butter. Mm. Oh. Now, where are you guys from originally? Where did you guys grow up? Midwest. Michigan for me. Michigan. And then I moved around, but Virginia and Tennessee. Okay. Because like, there's regional candies. Like, there's, uh, yeah, there yeah, yeah, there's like, like Tasty Cakes and, mm-hmm. and Peanut Chews in the Philly area we used to always yeah. have. And Necco wafers. Did oh, they I love Neckos. Yeah. I still like Neckos. And you hail from the land of pop. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. oh Jesus! Oh, we got, I mean, we're going to have words, my friend. Uh oh. <laughs> well, when we moved, like I moved from Michigan when I was nine to California, right? So, and I was trying to fit in the best I could. I was in like fifth grade or whatever, and so like there's nothing cool. Be like, yeah, I'm from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you were from California and you moved to Michigan, it's like, what's it California, like? Do you surf to school? Right, right. <laughs> it's got to be amazing. Who do you know? Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. It's like Al Pacino. Right. I would ask about that. Right. And, 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 and you did know Al Pacino. Yeah, every fourth Funny grader thing. hung out with Al <laughs> for a while. <laughs> But yeah, but I remember that my mom for the longest time would be like, "Hey, do you want some pop?" And I'd be like, "No, mom, I want some soda." Whoa. <laughs> like you got to adjust. You're on that line. <laughs> You're so last place we live, mom. <laughs> I remember that Shasta. God, remembering this now from when I was probably ten years old. They had a commercial that was, uh, "You want a pop?" I want a Shasta. So I think Shasta is only like a California thing. So it's a little puzzling. It's been, oh. Yeah, because Shasta, I remember that Paula Poundstone was the spokeswoman for a long time. Really? Huh. And wow. she went, Shasta showed up. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because when Michigan it was like uh, like Red Pop was a big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, all Fa- all the Fago brand stuff. Yeah, oh sure, you can't you don't really find that anywhere else. You can go to like Bevmo here, and that's like two bucks a pop or whatever a pop. A pop. Ah! <laughs> literally, oh, it's two bucks a pop. <laughs> uh, um, but I'll buy it every once in a while because it's like. I, I miss that. Mm-hmm. I miss the red pop, which I don't know why. It's just like strawberry soda. It's kind of gross. But What's yeah. the funny thing is that all these fruit flavors, a friend of ours did this experiment where they, they put this flavoring into the actual fruits and served it. So they had strawberries and they pumped it full of like strawberry flavor Whoa. and blueberries that had blueberry flavor. Very Wonka y. Yeah. Yeah, the snozberries taste like snozberries. And it, it, it completely wigged everybody out except for one person who was just like, yeah, okay. Oh my gosh. That, what does this person do? Uh, they're a torturer. <laughs> Where they have access they torture to for the government. <laughs> Good party trick. Yeah. Instead of alcohol, artificial flavors. <laughs> hey guys, trot this out. A little cancerous, but delicious. Well, that was always the rumor uh, in, in our school was that they pulled blueberry off the shelves because it was creating cancer in Connecticut. Oh, <laughs> specifically in Connecticut. Connecticut. Just That's Connecticut. Really makes it plausible. Were you I in love, Connecticut? I've been time? in Connecticut, and everybody did have cancer. So. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe causality correlation. Blueberry. God, I love elementary school rumors like that. <laughs> like they're always so highly specific. Snopes has ruined everything. Though. I know. I know. <laughs> yes. It's awful. And that fourth graders have the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys help. remember New York Seltzer? No. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a thing that they had they, in California when I was like in junior high or whatever. Like they sold those at my thing and they're good. They're yeah. Just, they're seltzer waters. That and Adirondack but, soda. I don't know. That's yeah. a mm-hmm. Northeast thing. But. Well, Rock Creek sodas, that was a, uh, a New York thing. I don't Maybe know. That was only New York. Yeah. It had a, a naked lady on a rock. Oh. Yeah. Delicious. (laughs) Well, she pitches soda while naked. (laughs) I'm suddenly thirsty. It's not a bad job. Mom, I'm really thirsty. I'm just going to take some bottles from her room. He's been in there forever. (laughs) Soda's sure good. (laughs) That was probably their entire marketing strategy. (laughs) That's totally true. What do little boys like? (laughs) Oh, good God. Um... You guys, this is really sad, but the Kardashian collection of clothing is struggling at Sears. Oh, oh dear. I'm really bummed about that. I'm not buying enough of it. It's my I, fault. It's, that's the problem. None of us are. You know, we're not living up to our end of the deal. I, no. I, I, like, I'm not one of those people who's, who considers himself all above pop culture or anything like that. I love to dig deep into that kind of thing, but I have managed to stay almost entirely Kardashian free. Congratulations. And I find myself, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Achievement. Yeah, you should be because that's yeah. not it hasn't, easy. It hasn't even been conscious uh, so much as like, I don't go out of my way for it and I don't subscribe to people magazine. There you go. Those are two big helps. And yeah, th- those both help. But I, I really only know kind of the basics of the whole Kardashian thing. Well, there are a bunch of awful things yeah. that live together. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> they got famous for a, for, a sex tape yeah. and being related to a sex tape. Yep. yep. And then having an Olympian who's trying to watch over them. Yeah. Now, sure. why wouldn't that sell clothes? I don't know. I don't know. I well, don't know. one, it's the Kardashian collection, collection with a K. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that right there. Help. Shoot me in the face. Kardashian but, clothing what, collection. Yeah, it's KKK. Uh, yeah, the complete Kardashian collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, Maybe that's, that's what's going on. It's not going over well with an urban audience. I don't know. I mean, they're they're Courtney, Kim, and 
Chloe, Chloe right? And Chloe. then all K's? Yeah. Oh, Whoa, yes. that's a little oh, freaky. It just occurred to me. Yep. You know, maybe that only is, just occurred to you? Oh, maybe well, this is the, so sheltered. the current version of the cereal thing. It seems like there are clothing collections oh, there are. by everybody. <laughs> everybody has yes, an empire. Yes, that's right. Re- reality shows and clothing collections are the new cereal. And we I just don't like reached, that turn. We've reached peak clothing. There's no longer any more clothing that people are willing to buy at Sears or otherwise. The landscape is full. Jessica Simpson is taking up a lot of that realty. Got a lot of lines going on. That's true. Big girl, lingerie, shoes, everything. (laughs) I would pay attention if there was like a Crispin Glover line of clothing. Yeah. It was all batshit crazy. It's got (laughs) pairs of pants with no leg holes. The thing is he insists on making every piece. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to see what Crispin's come up with. It's a white t-shirt with four holes in it and it's... $30 $30 million. <laughs> he priced them. He yeah. priced them. You see, he figures if he sells one, he's good. <laughs> Sounds like more of a, a JCPenney's thing than Sears. Yeah, that's true. Something a little more hip. Yeah, yeah. the kids love JCPenney. <laughs> I remember when department stores were like really a thing, though. Mm, like, mm-hmm. It feels to me like Heck they're yeah. just kind of dying all over the place. Uh, Mike Irving Ward's long since gone. Mm-hmm. Mervyn's is long since gone. Um, Robinson May. It's gone. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gone. Everyone's like, "One." Well, yeah. It used to be like you'd be like, "Oh, I'm just going to go to Macy's. I'm going to go to Nordstrom's. I'll buy everything now." But it feels to me now that like you're just it's well, they've like, been yeah. not not to get all economic, but basically you have the high end stuff like Nordstrom and and even Macy's that'll do fine, but the lower end got cut out by your Target, your Walmart. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why would you go to a Sears if yeah. value is part of their thing? When you're like, "No, I can get 800 T-shirts for five dollars. Why do I want one T-shirt for five dollars?" <laughs> Especially when they've added like groceries to Target. Yeah, and stuff right. Now, if like, I can get groceries at Sears, I'd go back. You don't have to go anywhere They could change now. a lot of things if they have one of those popcorn and little pizza things in the front. No. Seriously. <laughs> or what if they sell them together? You know, every, okay. every every hard good like a shirt comes with, say, a snack. There you shouldn't you have go. gone Churro. into music. Sears, yeah. call me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Sears on the line. <laughs> Sears, I have a proposition. <laughs> every product you make, sell it with a snack. Let me run it by Roebuck. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> dig, dig, dig. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, Learning Town, which is sure. uh, on Geek and Sundry, our friend Felicia Day's awesome mm-hmm. network thing. Yay, um, fellow redhead. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you shot the first season, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, that came out, uh, that started coming out, uh, we shot it actually a year ago as yeah. we are speaking here. We were, mm-hmm. we were filming it, and it came out in January of this year through mm-hmm. March or April, and it was a lot of fun, and... Kind of, I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. Like, let's go put on a show, and then suddenly, well, not suddenly because it took a long, long time. But mm. at, at a certain point, we turned around, and there's like a hundred people working on the soundstage or and several sound stages and, and building and, puppets, yeah. puppets and sets and, and operating lighting puppets, things, which was and, all just the crazy crap that was in our heads. And I guess that's right. basically what it's all about. Yeah, you know? yeah. All that, start sit, sitting around a table talking, but that was the most amazing aspect of it. I've, for those who have not seen it, it is a musical web series uh, about a comedy music duo named Paul and Storm, which Wait, where'd you guys was get a stretch, it? I know. Oh, okay. now, now, Paul, it just you're came playing to a Storm. Storm. Yeah, that was, the, that was the twist. That's the twist? That was the Shyamalan of it. Uh, but they take over a very long-running, low-budget kids show, even though they're not qualified to do so. And that's sort of where everything stems off from. That's where the comedy happens. That's right. And it's so whimsical and magical. And I mean, just watching well, them, you. it feels like it must be so exciting to create that because it is like, and now there's this person that appears, or now we're in these costumes like evoking this era. It was really, I was nice. Uh, the point I was getting at, actually, uh, relating to that, is just that the best part of it was what's on the screen is really pretty much exactly what we had in mind and when we wrote the thing. Like, they, they we... You know, Felicia and our producers made notes, uh, but they were always in service of the story, and they never said, that's just stupid, don't do that. They would say, well, we can't actually build you an aircraft carrier. Right. Uh, They don't get you. But aside from sort of budgetary concerns and some notes to sort of make the story tighter here and there and clarify some things, uh, they really sort of let us do... Our thing, which was incredible, and I'm sure happens on every single project that oh, is sure. ever done in Hollywood. Yeah. And it was the two of us and our friend uh, Josh Keegan, yeah. who was our head writer for it, uh, that really did the writing for it. Nice. But, and it sort of evoked that whole sort of 
70s and 80s local children's show kind of a that just doesn't Kangaroo exist anymore. Yeah, Captain budget. Kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Or more, even more so like sort of the local guy yeah. that right. you don't have anymore, but the guy that hosted the cartoons in the morning and the afternoon. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert if he were a raging racist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun because all that stuff in its original form is so kind of like trippy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. weird. And you don't really realize it until you're an adult and you revisit something. Yep. You're like, whoa, yep. that was like very psychedelic what was going on. Oh, yeah. But it's fun to see the adult when you're a kid, everything is basically you're high all the time. You yeah, there's right. crazy <laughs> hormones and crap running the through marathon your head. bars, right? Yeah, sugar, yeah. sugar, but that was nice. And we got to make a musical too. So I mean, who cool, gets to do that? Yeah. So that was that was fun and challenging because we had to come out with you know, we wrote something like 18 songs of varying length over two months. About most right of them, most of them, <laughs> it was supposed to be over the course of about eight or nine months. Most of them happened in the course of about two months. <laughs> At the beginning of that eight or nine months. Oh, yeah, period, yeah, right? of course. And then we just coasted. <laughs> yeah. we, we always We have such early. a great work <laughs> ethic. <laughs> now, did Hickey Burr come from, like, Yo Gabba Gabba? Was that, like, kind of the, inf- yeah. the inspiration there? It was the, a little, the, yeah. Go ahead, Storm. The name, uh, is a, it was a Bill Cosby reference that... Uh, that uh, Josh Kagan came up with, nice. but yeah, the the look was to to in opposition to sort of the the the, the laid back, humble, old style show, the new horrible madness uh, right. that is you know kind of like Yo Gabba Gabba. And actually, the person who did the the Hickey Burr puppets worked on Yo Gabba Gabba, nice. which was really awesome. <laughs> uh, and as it turns out, really in the show, if you look at it objectively. Hickey Burr is probably the much better show. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So I would watch it. Um, I mean, any kid show that references William Holden. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> that was a Josh Kagan special. <laughs> I, I, I stood up and applauded in my house when I read that, uh, it, when he sent it to me the first time. I just, this guy's right on our wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> so random. I laughed a lot at that. For sure. And you guys got gotten some great guests on it as well. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. we called in a lot of favors uh, from the various friends we've had. Um, and people like uh, James Urbaniak uh, was, was a delight James, yeah. and and did, did exactly what we hoped for, which was basically, please be the Slugworth guy from Willy Wonka. <laughs> and he proceeded to br- go and watch the movie and break down that character and the actor because it's – Willy Wonka was a British movie – filmed in Germany and that particular part sounds like it was dubbed over like it was it was a German actor who sounds like he's dubbed over by a British guy trying to do an American accent. <laughs> so he threw all of that into oh his character and accent and just nailed it and was this wonderful creepy presence. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of our whole point with doing this is we've been hanging out with uh all these great friends who are actors. It's like we want to do something where we can actually perform with them. Uh, so we had Greg Benson as Old Learning Larry, and he's just has the the sweetest persona, or he projects this, hey, everything's going to be all right, which made him the perfect person to play a raging racist. <laughs> because he can do that where you're still kind of, you kind of like him, despite how horrible he might be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, Al Yankovic, yep. uh, Weird Al. Who? Uh, <laughs> not, the, not the music who, guy. He's uh, got some weird Allen. Weird Allen Yank, Yankovic. Albert Yankovic. <laughs> uh, we had we had met him some time back, and has always in the comedy nice. music circles that we all run in. <laughs> of yeah, course, very very small number of people who do the music comedy thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we all know each other. Uh, Slumber parties. Yeah, Al is. Uh, I, we. I, I say this everywhere I go because it's the truth. Weird Al is literally the nicest person in show business. Yeah. He really is. Uh, and he couldn't have been more gracious and giving of his time. We're like, hey, would you just come and you know beat us up and be a drill sergeant for us for about six hours? And I'm like, sure. When? Where? Uh-huh. And uh, so that was really. Yeah. I mean, I know. I know. During all the filming, even though we spent a lot of time on a set with puppets and stuff, the most surreal part was just sort of looking across the room and there's Weird Al dressed in as a, uh, a drill sergeant <laughs> screaming imagine. in our faces. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. 12-year-old me was really thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> we had a running joke at Sketchfest for a while where we would be like, oh God, we screwed up. We booked Weirder Alan. <laughs> 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 it's just bizarre. He's not funny. He's terrible. 
We really got to check our emails. He's genuinely weird. <laughs> strips naked and covered his body in peanut butter and then doesn't do anything for two hours. He only exactly. wears Crispin Glover clothes. <laughs> he's choked on the 30 million. Got that shirt. Now he's broke. He's got to work every day for the rest of his life. But it's worth it because he looks great in that shirt. Uh, it's unconventional, but I love it. <laughs> Well, um, it's it's technically on hiatus now. Are you guys coming back and doing a second season? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, um, I mean, we do we, uh, it's it was an expensive show, so yeah. we, we frankly would not be surprised that it, if there is not a second season, at least through Geek and Sundry, uh, we would do it if called. Yeah. But it's one of those things where sort of you know we're just glad we got the opportunity to do one of them. It's yeah. so, so, and the production value is awesome. It looks so yeah. Good. That's, oh, the entire yeah. crew was amazing. We were really really thrilled and very lucky. And uh, you can't really skimp on that either. Like to well, get we, that look, yeah. And to have that, it feel the way it does. Yeah, I mean, it was just the perfect, the perfect amount of everything. If, if we were do to do a season two, we'd actually had the loose. We have the loose idea for it. It would be sort of a back to square one thing, where it might be you know out of a garage. So oh, that's fun. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll do a found footage thing. That's really hot yeah, these days. Great, really hard. <laughs> do you guys remember that episode of Full House where Uncle Jesse has to improvise a birthday party in the gas station? It could be like that. Have to. Was, was not, we was not Sean, a full if you house could put in the cricket noise <laughs> and pose them. Where all my did you see like that, did you see that rumor at? that what came out that like that Full House was coming back on the yes. air, with the same cast and everything, yeah. and like a bunch of news outlets picked it up, and then like the next day, which was like today or yesterday, yeah. they're like, uh, never mind, like, oops, Whoops. not real. Yeah. Somebody led us to believe. There's a thirteen-year-old tweeter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> started that one. It is funny how that works. Though, like if one person breaks something that yep. they feel is sort of kitschier entertainment everybody picks it up without fact checking without doing anything they just pick it up and they run it and then it just spreads like wildfire turns out at Benji underscore 2006 was not a reliable source (laughs) (laughs) CNN apologizes there's also been a lot of those death things that will come back up or the Back to the Future thing, like today is the day in Back to the Future. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. No, stop As that, matter everyone. Of fact, it was not. Like, just Google that if you want to. Mm-hmm. Or f- the Bruce do a Lee fake, They'll do a fake death. Or, or Jackie Chan. They'll do an R.I.P. Harvey Corman for somebody that died like a couple of years yeah. ago. <laughs> right. And then everybody freaks out, like, oh my God, this so and so died. And you're like, they've been dead. I don't know why. The saddest day is going to be when Abe Vigoda actually dies. No so one's going to believe it. Uh, he, no. he represents immortality right now. <laughs> He's gonna, like, him, cockroaches, and Twinkies are going to be the only thing left after the apocalypse. Yeah. He, and he, and Keith Ri- he, he and Keith Richards are going to battle over the fate of the leftover Earth. Right, like, <laughs> like well, Keith Who Richards, gets lost? He died in 1984. Well, that's true. It's oh. just Jim Henson's Creature Workshop right. responsible for what's out there now. And he's pretty great. I got to yeah. give him credit for that. Yeah, yeah. it's very convincing. He's still got it going. <laughs> uh, so you guys have been doing music together for a long, long time. Yeah, almost 20 time. years. And... Uh, one of my favorite things that you guys did was uh, all the different Randy Newman theme songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of people with not great voices, but do a hell of a lot with it. <laughs> yeah. Make a million billion dollars. Yeah. Where did, uh, where did that idea initially come from? Did you just hear one of his themes? And- there was actually a well, specific moment. Yeah. Do you want to tell her or should I? Oh, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. We were sitting, Storm and I were, uh, we had a, with our old band, Da Vinci's Notebook, back in, I want to say this, maybe 2002, 2003, uh, we had a corporate gig down in Florida, and we flew in the night before and had time to kill. So Storm and I went to go see a movie, and uh, it was, there was the pre-movie slides, you know, the, the incredibly difficult trivia questions that uh-huh. they show you, <laughs> and one of them was something like, you know, who wrote the uh, score to the movie Seabiscuit? And it turns out it was Randy Newman. And we just sort of started riffing about right. what's... Saying, well, it sounds nothing... The, the score would sound nothing like Randy Newman music. It's just, you know, pleasant music. Yeah. And it all should... You know, it should totally all be that Randy Newman-y, go, Biscuit, go! <laughs> and it all sort of came out from that. And then, you know, we are both Randy Newman fans, but at the same time, there's that stretch of stuff along roughly that Toy Story era yeah. where... Uh, there, there's a very distinctive Randy Newman sound. Yeah, that's sort of lopey, sort of lopey, noodly song that basically describes what has happened. A nice Super thing. whimsical yeah. and yeah. like, ah shucks. Mm-hmm. And it grew out of that. And subsequent, only after that, I will say this for the record, only after that did we see the Family Guy episode where they basically do the same sort of joke where Randy Newman is there singing about oh, what so he sees. Oh, so that's what inspired you guys? That oh, didn't no, no. inspire no, no. us. Stop <laughs> mixing my words up. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. Oh, they picked it up. Uh, All the news always picked it up. But, uh, a retraction tomorrow. 
Yeah, but that's just so that just became it. Suddenly, it was the easiest joke in the world. Let's <laughs> just take the we same were, melody and the same piano part and just write it. Yeah, from we movie were, after movie. We were bored and decided we wanted to do a, a Christmas project and thought, sure, this will be easy. We'll do twenty five of these. Twenty five days. <laughs> oh, oh days my gosh! And even though the piano part was for the most part just re-recorded, just the process of okay. Let's write one more. By about number 16, it just oh, became it was a slog. slog. Oh, now worst. you know what Randy Newman goes through. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Exactly. Except at the end of his slog, he has a bunch of so huge checks. money to roll in. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. It was Major League. And mm. like, that's oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Like, so that whole thing. So I've always been keenly aware of his, you know, noodling on the piano and mm-hmm. that whole thing. So that, just Have you guys me. ever run into him yeah we met him yeah. uh, he did a show well he tours and we saw him in uh in my hometown and we stayed after to meet him and and we had made sure that he had received our our cds and i don't know he was very he was very polite he was gracious he's a cool yeah, no, guy. He's, yeah. <laughs> i mean he's just he's a dude he's a yeah. really nice guy he's funny yeah. and if you've ever seen an interview with him he's yeah. just really funny i mean and it shows in his lyrics because they're subtle and they're so mean and hilarious some of them uh, but you know he was very cool about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I saw him in Richmond um, when I was in high school, and I was like way too excited about it. I was <laughs> like the, the strange demographic. <laughs> I went with my mom, and I had a vision of how this concert would be like. People like me, and yeah. he was like, no, it's nope. people like nope. my mom. <laughs> but I had the time of my life. It was great. It is funny when you go to a concert that then you look around and you realize like I'm the youngest in here by a good yeah. twenty years. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Like, do I not get it or do they not get it? <laughs> Maybe I'm just an old soul. <laughs> I'll take another malted milk. <laughs> uh, so, where did the idea for Wootstock come from? Because that's you guys, Adam Savage, Will Wheaton, a and power team. Guests. It, was, it was born of fear. Well, oh, yeah, good. sort of. It sort was, of. Well, it was directly born out of uh, a few failed dates with Hard and Firm. Oh, really? Yeah, now the dirt comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were looking to tour on the West Coast, and, you know, we, we, we have what our fan base is, and at the time thought, yay, you'd be, and we always wanted to do some gigs with them, and we thought, let's do some gigs on the West Coast. And it didn't work out, so we're like, well, shoot, we have these venues sort of maybe lined up. Yeah, like we've got this time in our schedule, and we want to go here at this time, and what are we going to do? Uh, so we had known Will for some time and and knew he did you know, readings of his stuff and some stand-up type stuff, and we figured let's do some double bills with Hill and we, him, and we called him up, and he was interested. And also, uh, we had just recently met Adam Savage that year at a show in San Francisco, and we had seen on the internet that he had given some talks uh, at places like Maker Fair and things like that, and he was really interesting and entertaining, not to mention he's you know, hilarious yeah. and, and yeah. nice and uh, somewhere in our discussions, we were like, well, if it's going to be the two of us and we're going to San Francisco, let's see if Adam would be interested. Mm-hmm. And he was on board. And then it became... If we're doing that, yeah, why yeah. not make this like a, a whole you, If you give a mouse a cookie, show, you know? he's <laughs> going to want some milk. Yeah, and it just we figured, well, let's really make an event out of this. And we had various friends in the local... It was San Francisco and then Los Angeles were mm-hmm. the first two. And we just called in friends from each each place at the shows, and they went great. The energy was just... Ridiculous! Like we were completely surprised by the reaction it got. And if you've been to a Woodstock, there's just an energy to it that people are are just so enthusiastic about being there. And it was like that from the very start. And from there, we decided, hey, we should do this as often as we can. And obviously, it's hard with uh, with folks like you know Adam and Will who are are always part of Woodstock that their schedules are clear. But uh, it's at SF Sketch Fest. We always make a point to do that one. Because uh, we're all going to be there anyway, yeah. and also at San Diego Comic Con, those are usually the two that we do anymore every year. So exciting! And getting a group together like that—that that it, it's like the audience loves to be there because it's the kind of niche thing that you know you feel like you're friends with everyone immediately. Like everyone in the yeah. audience feels like a kinship. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of a we liken it to feeling a little bit like a nerd rat pack <laughs> kind of thing, where we're all just up on stage dicking around with each other, and it's all sort of good natured, and the audience is very interactive, and everybody's just having a great time, and, and nobody more so than us. And full circle, and now Chris Hardwick and Mike Furman are both 
sort of unofficial uh, yeah, sort of regular participants right. in it, recurring so. characters, shall we say? <laughs> in fact, uh, we always close it out anymore with uh, a version of our song, "The Captain's Wife's Lament," which is a two-minute song, which ends up going uh, it, yeah <laughs> very long. And the the longest one was because Chris Hardwick was up there with us riffing as well, and it went for forty-four minutes. No, Holy. no, fifty-two. No. I was at Sketchfest last yeah. year, actually. <laughs> yeah, I fifty-two yeah, I mean, minutes. I'm sure you, you or Janet were backstage, you know, looking at the watch and wondering when the audience, was, <laughs> I mean, when the crep, uh, crew was going to go into overtime. And get- <laughs> <laughs> There's certain shows where that definitely does happen. Where we're like, uh, but usually, like those shows, half the time, like that are going long like that, we only worry when it's like it's not sold out or whatever. And right, we're like, yeah. This is like we're going to lose money now when this goes into overtime, mm-hmm. but. Those shows are always like crazy packed and fun. I'm like, yeah, who cares? It's and then like, it becomes this magical lore for anyone exactly. that was there. Yeah, like exactly. they were part of that night. That's amazing. yeah. Those are always good. Like, we've had a few of those kinds of shows at the festival that like like when we did our Conan O'Brien makeup date, which oh, yeah. was mm. like it ended up being this. It was supposed to be 90 minutes. It was him and Patton Oswalt interviewing him, and then Andy Richter came up about halfway through. But wow. they went out to dinner beforehand and were like drinking and eating and stuff. So mm. they came on. They drank between the two of them and Andy a little bit, like two bottles of red wine, mm. <laughs> and the thing went three hours. And Conan. By the end of it was just shit faced. He was just <laughs> sloshed and like sitting on the edge of the stage and just letting anybody come up and talk to him and stuff. And it was <laughs> like pretty legendarily yeah. amazing. But yeah. that was one of those ones where we're like, well, technically we're way into like double time now for the career, yeah. but whatever. It's, How often does this happen? Exactly. Yeah. So we're like, it's yeah. fine. Just let it go. At this point, we were paying the lighting guy in gold bars, but <laughs> go ahead, come. I think when we got to hour three, because it was like a tribute, we had to give him like an award at the end. Mm-hmm. I think Janet finally said like, Fuck it. So she like walked out. <laughs> she walked out. She went, Conan, can we get this to you now? <laughs> and then we finally ended. Somebody's got to be the adult. Because it would have yeah. never ended. I mean, yeah. once we yeah. got to hour three, it was like, okay, I think it's the audience at some point is going to be like, this is amazing, but I can't. I'm like, stuck. My, my, the, my, the lot closes. My, I got to get my oh. car out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when that starts to happen, you eventually you have to be like, all right, kid, yeah, let's put away our toys. Let's go inside. But it's always fun. And you guys always do like like most of the time do greeting meet and greets and signings and stuff. We've right? scaled those back uh, mostly. Well, it, at Comic Con, for example, which You'll is where never we mostly do it, just because yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a twelve hundred seat theater right. and people have other commitments later in the night. And you know, I mean, it's not because we don't enjoy it, but it just gets very late and it's already yeah. been a. You know, it, it, with Woodstock at there, it's usually a four to four and a half hour show, and and at that scale, you, you're not actually able to spend any real meaningful time and make a connection with people. It's just, it's just a machine a, of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we figure, you know, if we have to make a choice, we'll give them a little more show and maybe they don't get, you know, 15 seconds to say hi and for us to scribble something on a poster, but we figure the trade-off's worth it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also that, and we, uh, we hate the little people. Anyway. Right. Of course. Right. right. Yeah. It's terrible. They've, they've served their purpose and now. And if they really met you, it would blow their illusion of, oh, of course. Oh, like yeah, these nice guys, they think you are. Yeah. <laughs> we are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do first. We do a different first question every podcast. Okay. Uh, this one is, what was the first movie score you can remember being pretty obsessed with? Wow, obsessed with the I score. I gotta say, it's not an original answer, but Star Wars. Yeah, I was, I was oh, gonna say. It's a good I'm, answer. Yeah. I'd say Raiders. Oh, so, that's oh, yeah, a good one. That is a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, Star- Son Williams, you can't go wrong. Yeah, Star Wars was certainly the first score I owned. Uh, my parents might have had one or two in the record collection, but that was the first one I went out and bought with my own money—the big double album with the right. black cover. And- oh, I had that too with Vader's oh, helmet. So great. Yeah, it was great. How about you, Vanessa? I don't really remember. The first one that I really remember noticing the music and like singing it to myself all the time was "Gone with the Wind." <laughs> Which is kind of mm. strange. Yeah, but it's sure. those epic sweeping yeah, songs. Yeah, right. Twirl around the house. Yeah, exactly. Listening. It was sure. great music to pretend things to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember like that started very young and I would have like a lot of terror moments in the driveway. <laughs> and now like growing up I'm like, oh, I'm a little inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the time it just felt whimsical and fun. <laughs> <laughs> Pull it off as a as a seven year old. I yeah. think I, I think right. you were fine. Well, nobody had seen Twelve Years a Slave yet. Okay. <laughs> 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 I think for me it was like I definitely did have a lot of those like on record Star Wars and that kind of stuff too. Mm. But I think like I remember being really obsessed with like the hymn from Red October. Oh yeah, I remember thinking that was amazing. So when I bought that soundtrack, actually one ping only, one ping, <laughs> one ping only. <laughs> Would have liked to have seen Montana. <laughs> um, so that was definitely big for me too. And then my favorite movie of all time is a weird choice, but it's Searching for Bobby Fisher, and I've always loved that score. Oh, so yeah. I'll play that a lot too. But, uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> for the for the record, it is allowed. Um, 
All right, for my questions, we're going to do something a little different. We haven't done this before. I'm excited about this. Ooh, Ooh. something new. The four of us together, we are going to build the perfect nerd film. Yeah, we are. Okay. So it's we're going to put together the most, the best, most beloved film for nerds that will have massive buzz but not actually really make anything at the box office. Mm. Uh, one of us will start, and then we'll each add elements until we feel like we've nailed it. With us, plots, actors, etc. Okay. Asian okay. Gadget Master. Ah. Set in space. Okay. With Eddie Deason. Oh, yes. Ooh, one of the D's. Deep cut with the I D's. The D's. He, he did He's our been podcast. our podcast. Yeah, no, I love the D's. Uh, I love some D's. And, uh, I'm so, so I just want to be sure of the, of the uh, it, so this is going to generate buzz, but ne- not actually make money. It probably right. won't make money. So we're, gonna, we're talking like an Ender's Gamey kind of. Probably. It might do okay, okay. at best, okay. but it's not going to clean up. There's not any okay. pure box office draw on <laughs> right. there. Uh, I'm going to add, uh, uh, it was based on an unpublished work by Neil Gaiman. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's a, a super babe, big sister, that gets roped in but ends up falling for someone because of their insides. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is going to also be a robot that is built around the brain of the former lover of the main uh, male lead. Oh. Mm. Awesome. But the robot... Is a dude robot. <laughs> and this knows is troubling. How to party. <laughs> Beer crusher. Uh, the villain has an army of what are are clearly knockoff Daleks. Daleks. Oh yeah. The villain also has a henchman played by James Marsters from Buffy, <laughs> but with his British accent back that he used as Spike. Right. I want another British person in it that is just kind of the. He's like a gadget master as well, but he's manufacturing the larger things, larger scale. Uh, and it is going to be a musical written by Bono and the Edge. Oh. <laughs> that worked really well on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, part of the viral marketing campaign will be an app that will be found on, on just drop cards that they leave in game stores. Nice. Uh, Nick Fury pops up after the credits to mm-hmm. recruit somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you rewind it... <laughs> Can you still rewind things? Sure, sure okay. you can play it backwards yeah. on DVD. Yeah. You see unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's never been done. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, and the opening credits uh, <laughs> are going to feature a new Daft Punk song that is actually oh. Get Lucky Just Played Backwards. And, <laughs> and will be hand animated by Matt Groening. Oh, nice. Uh, if you, when it comes out on DVD, if you sync it up with They Might Be Giants Flood album, <laughs> it's all perfectly synced. Wow. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can add anything to that. Something with claymation. Oh, uh, in the behind-the-scenes features of the DVD, you will see all of the deleted scenes in which they took out Patton Oswalt's entire character <laughs> oh. from the film. <laughs> uh, there, it will be a multi-sensory experience, Ooh. and about half the time through the air, we'll be wafting the scent of bacon. <laughs> mm, nice. That's going to get butts and seats, though. That's going to make yeah, money. Much like oh, the yeah. original, <laughs> much like the original theatrical version of Clue. There are three different endings. They mm-hmm. had to go to different theaters to see the different mm-hmm. ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The novelization of the film <laughs> will be written by Alan Dean Foster. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and the protagonist is Nathan Fillion. Oh. Yeah. Bing, 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 bing. There we go. <laughs> oh, wait, no, then we're making money again. Sorry. That wouldn't make that much money, oh, yeah, though. Right. At the you box office, I think it's like the exact right thing. Like, DVD sales are going to go really well. <laughs> the box uh, office, it'll disappoint. It's rated PG-13. But it does have Christina Hendricks topless in it. Oh, <laughs> I don't think you can rate that PG thirteen. Nah. <laughs> like there's because... no getting around that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it makes it automatic required viewing though. Yeah, three yeah. D. In the final scene, Jar Jar Binks dies. Oh, and also in every other scene prior to it, <laughs> <laughs> he's being sacrificed throughout the whole movie in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's just the movie right there. It's yeah. just Jar Jar Binks being sacrificed in horrific ways. For 90 minutes for 90 in 3D. Minutes. It starts out with him falling into a replicator. <laughs> so there's like a hundred of them. The movie like is called Jar 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 Jar. Final Destination 22. Jar 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 Jar. You can't cheat death, Jar Jar. Jar Jar to the 10th power. 
I think we did the Jarth power. Jarth I think we did it. I yeah. think it's yeah. a pretty good. Uh, yeah, I like this. Yeah. It's going to make about twenty five million at the box office. Yeah. Well, it's because it's because it's going to be directed by Paul W S Anderson. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Event Horizon. Yeah. I was Visited. trying to make some. Jar 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 Martin joke. I don't have it all worked out yet. I can see what I would draw for that. Jar Jar Martin. Somebody has to make that. Draw that. Get on it. Animated. We'll get all that. Short. Come on, internet. Get on that shit. I think I know what our image for this show is going to be. I can't wait to Photoshop this. Misa, take long time to finish book. Misa, mean to women. Which character do you like? Okay, they's a dead. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Was it my turn? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have questions now. Okay. Uh, have you ever met an Olsen twin? No. No. <laughs> Merlin Olsen. Does he count the Merlin Not Olsen even twin? close, buddy. <laughs> we, met, we met the Olsen triplets, but they are not very yeah, exciting. They're, no. <laughs> they're disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> they went the wrong way. Uh, okay, if you could take any romantic comedy or sitcom you can pick and inject it with a strong science fiction twist, mm. what do you do? And you're also going to be doing the theme song for this. Huh. Ooh. Um, I'm going to do Moonstruck. Oh. And it's going to be set on the moon. On the moon. Nice. Oh my gosh. Are you going to get Cher to sing what you write? Or are you going to sing it like Cher? Or you don't have to do either. I do not have a good Cher imitation, I'm afraid. You can use the exact dialogue, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Snap you- out of it. <laughs> That'll be the only difference. I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Over. It's when Harry met Sally, but it's a space caper in the style of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Ooh. So, much more expansive in where they would run into each other in the coincidence. I always felt it was too small in its original yeah. form. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, Let's on Earth again? Yeah. <laughs> of course they're going to run into each other in New York City several times. Um, okay, here's a question. You've angered a wizard. and this, he, is, this has happened. You both yeah. have done, you know. Um, <laughs> on a side, we went to the Magic Castle last night and we saw this magician named Jonathan Pendragon. Oh, yeah. Have you seen him? Uh, it's been a long time, but... I yeah. think he's had hard times probably oh, since you've seen him. It was Uh-oh. an uncomfortable oh, night. But his other part of his stage name is Poet Wizard. <laughs> and I just love Jonathan Pendragon, Poet Wizard. <laughs> Side note, before you ask this question, since you just brought Magic Castle, yeah. have you guys been? And uh, were you disappointed? I, you- this is my third time. I've been pleased every time. The magic was... the. F- poorest last night but it was still I, it's a whimsical wonderful place yeah we have never been and have always wanted to oh, go it's magical but, but we yeah, and everything. we do know several yeah. people who could it's get us in but going to yeah. i mean i've been like three times i think we, it's yeah. always been a mixed bag of yeah i was gonna magic. say it's 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 been said that you really got to pick the right night because well, it's a mix yeah if you go early enough you can see all the close-up galleries the close-up stuff's great yeah. so I, we saw three close-up shows last night like we stayed a long time and the main stage the main stage is the cheesiest every time but usually it's like impressive but this time we like saw uh, rubber, rubber feet, feet on the the oh, cutting in half, oh, and he was dear. trying to put the girl on like a levitating thing, and she didn't click into the machine, oh, and so he no. was fumbling oh. with it. And I mean, it was a very dark thing. Ugh. And like at one point, he's standing in front of the curtain because it closed in between acts, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Ah, uh, oh God, I'm tired." <laughs> Remind me what's next. <laughs> and like from the background, you hear sand. And then he's like, what? And someone else goes, <laughs> so another voice goes, sand. And he goes, sands of time. <laughs> it was so insane all night. Um, but Jonathan Pendragon, poet wizard, he, I know he's had a heyday, and I did some internet research, and he has had a very difficult little it, while. But, it is um, a shame. Wow. But, you know, truthfully, I have had my fill of the prose wizards. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for so a So I think it's time for someone who understands meter and rhyme. I'd love a limerick wizard, but <laughs> I'm not hoping. Iambic <laughs> wizard. <laughs> I am the haiku necromancer. <laughs> now that's a show I'd kill to see. Pick a card. <laughs> this card. Card. <laughs> Put it back into the deck. Was this your card? Oops. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Um, oh, okay, so you angered wizard. You angered Jonathan Pendragon, poet wizard, and he's going to punish you in one of two ways. But you get to choose your punishment. Mm-hmm. Either you wear a sexy Leon Panetta costume every day, mm-hmm. forever. Does uh, this involve a mask? 
as it, well, or just like Leon Panetta wear, but or, sexified. Yeah, right. sexy. Yes, you of know, course. like fishnets. I'm imagining yeah. are a part of it. Like a very but, cleavage revealing yes, three piece suit, exactly. Tight and <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what you wear every day for the rest of okay. your life. Oh. Or you have to watch Twelve Years a Slave every night before bed forever. Oh wow. That's a tough call because I have not seen 12 Years a Slave yet. It's fun. So, oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I have heard it described as a laugh riot. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this. About it's a historical the, romp. About the Leon Panetta angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's all you can wear forever. Do you mm-hmm. have to wear it uh, 24 hours a day, like when you're home? When you're alone, you don't have to wear it. Okay. But can, whenever you're being seen by people. Okay. And can you choose to go naked? No. Okay. Now, am I wearing the same exact outfit all the time? So as I get older, it's getting the, dirty it's like and a ripped. And situation. You okay. Can have a closet full. I gotcha. And twelve okay. years of slave has to be the last input you have, correct? Correct. Before, okay. Yeah. Before it's, it's, not like you can, it's like two and a half hours. Yeah, right? it's yeah. a commitment okay. to do that every night. Oh wow! So you're basically losing two and a half hours of your life every day. You and could I'm, like be on the computer. And maybe, I'm, well, I was going to say, am I allowed to do anything else while it's on? You can't watch any other media, but you could multitask. You can make lists. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Uh, I would have to probably go with the 12 years a slave option. Wow. If, you're, if I'm allowed to multitask. Yeah. Because if I can get some, you know, emailing done, maybe read a little Reddit, um, I can, I can manage to, I think sort of eventually I'll get numb to the, the, the horrors. Become yeah, like white noise. It depends yeah. on format. Like if, if you're forced to actually sit in one place and watch it versus you can have it on your Google glass or something. I'm imagining you are in your bedroom and it's like a screening room. So you have a huge screen playing. It's like a wall sized screen. Yeah. It's well, not little. You can't block it out at right. all. But it's important to me. Like, do I have to be at home or wherever I am, it gets shown and you have to watch it. Mm, that's a really detail. good question because you guys travel a lot too. Yeah, right. Well, you could set up shop in a hotel room, but you can't ever watch it with a group. Uh, oh well, no, you could actually. I think that's a nice. <laughs> yeah, thing hey, everybody, I yeah. got to <laughs> really do. Can you come Very over tonight? Because yeah. I see two positive outcomes <laughs> for, for each one positive outcome for each scenario. Okay. Right? For the Panetta, mm-hmm. that's pretty easy. You can if you just got tired of it, you can live your entire life online and that's never true. have to. You oh. can stay in the house. That said, um, you could also go the other route, and if this becomes as influential a movie as something like The Wire, you would become the most expertist expert on it and can basically make an entire career out of the movie. Out of being the guy who knows everything about 12 Years a Slave. Because he was sentenced to watch it for his entire life. That said, I'm going with Leon Panetta. Ooh, (laughs) the ladies approve. (laughs) Uh, Okay. If you could put yourself into any geeky universe to live for a month, and that can be a show, a film, or literary fiction, mm-hmm. where would you go and what role would you assume? You can't take, like, a hero's role in this world. Right. right. You'd have You'd to pick what job. Assume a career, yes. A normal dudester of some exactly. sort. God, that's tough. Ooh, Wow. Hmm, there's a lot to choose from. I'm yeah, definitely not Captain Ron. Yeah, Captain Ron and the, and the job is Don't Captain Ron. It to them. <laughs> Captain and, uh, Ron's hairdresser. Duck hand number three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am definitely not entering the Game of Thrones universe no. because there are no good jobs. No. I would uh, be on one of the Federation planets in the Star Trek universe because it Ooh. seems like, except for the crazy crap that happens uh, out there in on the edges of things and the mm. occasional Earth incident, it seems like they really got their act together in the yeah. future. And you could maintain a healthy lifestyle. Right. If I'm just a normal dude, uh, yeah. some sort of dudette, that's where I think I would yeah. want to be. I would um, – I don't have to stay there. I just have to be there like a month, right? I think I yeah one month. Oh okay, then I'll enter the uh, Gattaca universe, and I Ooh. will just be a person who has been uh, genetically engineered to be awesome. Ooh. So you can deal with the fact. So that, I can uh, deal with the fact that I'm awesome and having sex with my else. awesome lady. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can do that for a month. I can. I can. There are can, much worse. I, everything I oh, wear. Yeah, everything I am wearing on my body right now was manufactured by some you know, like eight-year-old Chinese. Child, and you wear it like a badge I, of honor. I managed. I managed to make it through the day with with that without it ruining my day. I think I could stand a month of being genetically perfect and not think about the, all the poor uh, normals who are who are treated as underclass. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad month. Yeah, can you imagine just looking down yeah, and being like, well, "That's right." Yeah. yeah. Oh. Hey, excuse me, I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> gotta go have sex with him with Thurman again. <laughs> and then I'm just gonna stare at myself for a while. <laughs> Uh, and this is your final question. You have six words to th- sum up your thoughts on Star Wars. Hmm. Six words. Got to count. Too many. 
Um, <laughs> too many words. I was doing three, and then I was like, no, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Like, to add a little more words is kind of changes the game a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. Defined my childhood. Still fun. Oh. I think, don't you have one left? If you count childhood as one word, yeah. Still, <laughs> still pretty fun. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was very quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, it meant a lot to me back then, but it's yeah. not like I post screeds now. Right. So. <laughs> great fiction, great world, mediocre science. Ooh. Can I, can I contribute six words? Yeah. Uh, so much better before digital effects. Yeah. Oh. And if I were to do six more words, it would be <coughs> lightsabers, lightsabers, lightsabers. <laughs> Mine is boys <laughs> love it. Word, I'm yeah. like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. That was it. Yeah. Everybody did such a good job. Yeah. All right. Way to count well, words, guys. Yeah. I'm so proud. <laughs> I knew you guys were cerebral. So. See, if the evil Knievel stunt cycle had whipped off all of my fingers, it would yeah. be much more difficult because I can't count. It's like, good way. movie. Done. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you got a few more words, buddy. <laughs> Not according to my hand stumps. I like the Vader guy. <laughs> Stormtroopers. Hooray, 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 hooray. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. This was um, very fun. People can check you out online at paulandstorm.com. They most certainly yeah. can. And on the Twitter. You yeah. Uh, if, when does this go to air? Uh, pretty soon. Like next week. Yeah, like probably a week. Monday. Oh. Yeah. Then probably by the time this is up, we will either have just released or we'll be about to release a Kickstarter campaign. Ooh. Hey, what you kicking? There. We're kicking. It's all based around our next CD, which is coming out soon. And it's sort of... Uh, things, uh, projects, and, and things built around it to help sort of give the release a, a splash, like awesome. music videos and a, a, a EP of uh, cover songs with collaborations with friends of ours. Oh, that's nice. super fun! And, and if we if we get it high enough, the two sort of snazzy goals are uh, an RPG app that Ooh. would make have little songs and sound effects that a DM or others could use to enhance the game. Oh my gosh, that's cool! Or to mess with people in public, your choice. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we've decided we we want to aim big. And we know it's crazy, but if we reach $350,000, whatever, we are going to buy an ice cream truck <gasps> and stock it with ice cream and guacamole and do a tour and give away said ice cream and guacamole and film it all and do something with that footage. Oh, That's my right. gosh. Good incentives? Like That's Snoopy really makers and Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, there are now, yeah. There are really cool incentives. So we'll yeah, we're now that. going to stock the, the, the truck also with a Snoopy Snuffman <laughs> maker. Actually, we, I think we will. We'll, but it'll, be like, it'll be artisanal and it'll be locally sourced, so we'll only get the ice from wherever we're traveled <laughs> it's, to. It's gourmet, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Support local. <laughs> Cold climate tour. That's what you'll, you'll bring Furman along just to grind. Yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> that would be fun. the best. Yeah. Not let him do anything. <laughs> So good. Hey guys, what are you doing? Keep grinding, firm. Okay. Don't talk to us. <laughs> awesome guys. Well, check them out. Paulandstorm.com. Also on Twitter, there at Paul and Storm. Yeah, uh, we are at uh, PMC Podcast. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. Thank you guys for listening. Yay! Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>